All right, my dude. Well, why don't we just go ahead and jump right in? Sweet. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. It's been a hot minute since I've seen you. Yeah. It's been, you were in Kansas, Kentucky, Kansas? Kansas. All summer. Yeah. And then we saw you right before you left, I think. Did yeah, we? Yeah, I think so. We played cards or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then, but you, oh, no, no. I saw you at your concert up at the campus. That was the last time we went yep. to dinner after. Yep. That's right. And then you yeah. guys went off on the venture for your wife to make billions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we spent it all on food while we were there. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm glad to glad to sit down with you. Glad to talk with you. Glad to be here. Um, you like um, one of my coworkers now, Thane. Mm-hmm. He does movies. Yeah. Um, and I met Thane. And he yeah, and he actually yeah. put you in his movie. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, you sent me the clip <laughs> of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you like Thane. Um, you you're. Uh, not necessarily hobbies, because you're actually producing, you know, all this stuff. But you, what you do, mm-hmm. is something that I, I, no, I don't know anybody else that does that. Yeah. You know, my cousin like mixes music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a couple of like he's been on some albums, but like you do, it all. Mm-hmm. Like you mix, produce, write, perform, you yeah. do the whole thing, which I think is interesting. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be something that I kind of want to get a perspective yeah. about. Um, but before we get into that, the first thing I want to do is uh, kind of talk about how we met, mm-hmm. which for those who have listened to this a bunch of times, most <laughs> of the people that I talk to, I have met the same exact way. Yeah. So how did we meet? ARS. So yeah, my first day, I was fresh home from my mission pretty much and like nervous to do anything that was like real world. <laughs> so when I got to ARS, I was like, wow, this is a crazy environment compared to what I'm used to and I don't think there's really anything to do we were just doing stuff around the shop yeah and you just told me to follow you and like told me to move stuff yeah and then eventually I think there was a flood and and we went to the flood and you showed me the ropes yeah yeah it's pretty straightforward stuff yeah um you came here for school originally right yeah because you're from Soda Springs yeah and you had like Riley was here was your intention always to come to Logan? Or no, was it just I didn't of, really have a plan. You it just, was, yeah, I just went on a mission, and then towards the end of it, I was like... You know, sort of don't Utah stay in Soda Springs. Yeah, Utah State is cheap, good school. So yeah, it's, it's close. close. It is yeah. close. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite stories, the best story of like people that I've worked with, is our first time we went on a flood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I forgot a stepladder. Yeah, and it was right after I'd finished all the safety trainings, and it was like, don't stand on anything except the ladder. Yeah, and then, and then you're like, I'm like, I gotta cut the ceiling out. Will you grab a ladder? And you run out. You're like, we don't have a ladder. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you're, well, we'll be fine. I'll just stand on the dehue, and you just make sure I don't fall. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I remember getting up on the dehue. I'm standing on this like, it's like. It's not even two by two. It's like probably like a foot and a half by a foot and a yeah. half little box. And there's wheels on the back. And I like put all of the weight on the back side of the dehue and the dehue just started to tip backwards. And the way you caught me was two hands right, right on my on, ass. Right on the booty. <laughs> yeah. And you're just, I'm just like, Ever well, since then, we've been pretty, yeah, pretty good like, friends. I'm like, there's no turning back at this point. <laughs> like, we've, got, we've got to be close at this point, so yeah. congrats. <laughs> and ever since then, I mean... We played basketball together, cards together. Yeah. Um, 
with that group of like Ethan and Bennett and Isaac and all of them, like yeah. we've all kind of gotten pretty close. Yeah. I don't know if you were around with Bennett and Isaac. I know not Ethan, as much. I've, I've gone Nick, out with them a few times. Yeah. Um, that was so that yeah Bennett and Isaac were kind they of they started like right after I quit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how we met. It's crazy. It's crazy how long because after ARS, like you and I would see each other all the time at work. Mm-hmm. And then after you left ARS, like we played ball every once in a while. Yeah. But we'd still stay in contact. Yeah. And so um, I think that was the coolest part about our relationship. And yeah. like with Ethan probably as well is like we you weren't really at ARS a ton. Um, it was probably less than a year. Yeah. It was the, for the first little stint. It was like seven months. Did you do twice? Yeah, I left and then... Because I was going to start school, and then realized it was so expensive out of state. <laughs> so <laughs> then I came back right after the pandemic started because nobody would hire anybody. So right, gotcha. That's right. Came back. Um. So yeah, that's right. And then you came back the second time. That's when Ethan. That's when and, Ethan was there. and Nick were there. Yeah, with everybody else. That's right. Um. And uh, one of the weight reasons that like I have realized that you and I are pretty close friends right off the get-go was you're the first person at ARS that like had similar interests in things that I did. Mm -hmm. So Ethan played basketball, but Ethan, I also knew Ethan growing up, not really growing up, but I knew his brothers. Yeah. Um, and then my brother, but Isaac and Bennett, um, like they didn't really, they didn't play basketball. They didn't really have like a lot of similarities with me. And yeah, Eventually, Isaac and Bennett and I became really good friends. But like from the get go, mm-hmm. you you and Damien were the people that like, I had never no idea who this person was. Yeah, and I had no idea, and like it was somebody I related to pretty quick. Yeah, and it was just it was pretty easy as far as our, our relationship. It was yeah. pretty easy moving forward. Yeah, um, we and, also lived in the same place at different times in the Yellow House. That's right. Yeah, really funny connection. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Over by the institute. Yeah. Yeah. Did you live in the basement one too? Yeah. Same, no, but you weren't in the same room, were you? I went right off the, down the stairs to the left. Uh, down the stairs, yep, that is. That was the one I was were in. Were you in the top bunk or the bottom? bottom. I was in the bottom bunk too. <laughs> My name's probably on the bottom bunk still. <laughs> but that's that's one of the things is I realized is kind of looking back when doing all of this, and I want to do family, friends, yeah. people that I was close with, you were one of the names that popped up almost right away just from us working together and then... I feel like what you do now, and again, we'll get into that, what you do now is not a common thing in my life. I don't know how common it is or how many people you know in your life before you started doing it. And it's one of those things where I was talking to Thane where you and I were friends through high school and then you were to say, I'm going to do this. I'd be like, yeah, and I'm going to play professional basketball. And like, it wouldn't have been something that, I would I wouldn't have been like don't do that you can't make it but it would have been something I'm like okay yeah <laughs> cool dude <laughs> and as I've gotten older I've realized that really if you actually apply all this stuff like it's possible for people to do a lot of amazing things and pe- people's life jumpstart in different ways and you know I never thought that I'd be in the new house or I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing yeah and then meeting you guys like you and Thane and people like that I understand that like the things that I thought were always just like ah those are just gonna be little hobbies or stuff like that 
that can be a reality and I can do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not, there are going to be people that understand yeah. that I want to get into new things, something like that. So yeah, totally. let's talk, um, let's just talk right, j- jump right into it um, about what I was, what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Kyle Olson, it also has a, what's the name, what's the word for a, is it pseudonym? Is it the, like you have like a, another name? Oh yeah. As Frank Flowers. Yeah. An amazing song, songwriter, performer, producer. Thanks. Um, I listened to I listened to your latest album, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of prep for it to kind of look back on it. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into, how did you get into this music world? So, when I was like eight or nine, like my dad liked the guitar growing up and had one in the house when I was growing up. So it started with just playing the guitar, and. If anybody knows anything about Soda Springs, there's like nothing to do there, like at all. And we lived out of town, so like it was difficult to like, and my neighborhood was just like a bunch of ancient people. So didn't really have like friends to play with in the neighborhood, so spent a lot of time entertaining myself. One of the things was guitar, so that's initially how I got into it. And then as I kept getting older, I was like, well, I can do this other thing with it. And it just kept adding up. So gotcha. started producing when I was like 13, like really crappy stuff, you know, <laughs> like joke songs about my sisters, you know, just random stuff. Right. And then like junior, senior year of high school, I started doing it a little more serious, but had no idea what I wanted to do, like what genre. And then just the past couple of years is kind of when I really figured out what I wanted to do. So I didn't know... Like I, well, ARS, I don't think you ever, other than the fact that you have this crazy fandom for Lizzo, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you and I, you and I never really talked about yeah, music I, us- I usually don't bring it up with people, especially in like a work setting or like in any setting that's similar to like, I don't know, people like Soda Springs, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because like you said, people in Soda Springs are it's like, like a pipe you, dream. yeah, if you try to do anything that's somewhat out of the box, everybody just thinks you're crazy. And right. Like, you're going to end up in the basement of your parents or somebody else. <laughs> right. Like, you know? So I just, I just don't, don't, I don't really talk about it unless somebody's asking. Gotcha. So, cause that was the biggest thing is when you had left ARS and then, um, Ethan came to me or something like that and was like, did you know Kyle sings? I'm like, I did not. And then he's like, he's putting, he puts music out on Spotify. And I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> and then we listened to it. And I'm like, this is like the Kyle, ARS Kyle? He goes, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and yeah. it was, because it came by a shock. It's just like something we didn't, I never knew. But again, I never asked or never really talked about it. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to hear you like having a conversation and talk with you. And then to hear you sing and like to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. I find it very different. Yeah. Um, like it's not your voice in your music. I'm like, whoa, that's like, I don't know how you, how you can, your voice can do that. Um, so like, how did you find, how did you find that sound? How did you realize like that was, you know, you could have gone in any direction in any genre. How did you decide on that style and that tone and that sound? Yeah. So I was originally into country music. And that was the idea, which is like 0% what I'm doing now, right? (laughs) Zero. Zero 0%. So like my senior project in high school, I made a country song and it was like super nerve wracking because that was the first time I like showed anybody in Soda Springs that I was doing music stuff. Okay. And they were all like, 
who the freak is this kid? Like, where, right. did, where did this come from? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and then I met a few people on my mission that were, like, really into music and really good mentors for music. And they, one of them was, like, hardcore pop genre, and then the other one was, like, R&B, indie type stuff. And after interacting with them, and then just listening to more music, Soda Springs is also not a very diverse diverse place when it comes right. to like everything but especially <laughs> listening to music most people listen to just like country or like whatever is the popular right pop music so hearing more stuff like still woozy or johnny or any of those more indie artists it was like wow there's some really cool stuff you can do i i like that a lot better than country gotcha. music so it was kind of just like a trial and error of like replicating certain things from all the different artists and then it kind of mushed together into like okay i think this is what my sound is gotcha which i still don't really know exactly what that mm -hmm. is but it's how, like how much playing around did you do with when you decide when you finally decide like okay i'm gonna do this thing and i'm gonna do it and perform and whatnot so mm -hmm. people are aware of it how much playing around is involved with okay like you want to because you fall under the indie yeah genre like but it's not necessarily like if you, I wouldn't call it like a, like you're not, it's not just indie. No. Like you do have a lot of mix into it. So how much playing around is there involved in doing something like that? A lot. So like when I first started doing stuff, once I moved to Logan, it was like acoustic, like alternative type stuff. Yeah. And like I released music under the name Kyle Olson and then realized that I did not like it, and I thought it sounded terrible, so then... Your your own name? Yeah, well, that, <laughs> that yes, and the music. So, oh, gotcha. I switched gears, and, like, yeah, like, it was a lot of, like... Then I had another artist name, another, like, genre idea, and, like, before I even released any songs with that, I was like, yeah, this, I don't like this either. So, I don't know, like, a lot of playing around. And How'd like, you end up on Frank Flowers? You know, Frank Flowers is kind of, like okay, I really need to just choose something uh, <laughs> and I don't really care what the name is. Gotcha. And like, I by that time I knew like the general sound though. Oh. And I felt like I had got enough experience with mixing and mastering that I could create a song that was like actually listenable, mm -hmm. you know? Gotcha. So all the other artist names and genres and whatnot before that was just like learning and failing and learning from the failures and like, just different phases. Yeah, it's nice to think that like you could just like appear and have an artist name and a genre and like it all works out, but I don't think that's the case for most people. It takes in, a lot of trial and error. In each of those in each of those like name where you come up with a new name and genre and things like that. Um is it a way that you can kind of disassociate with like okay, it didn't work and not necessarily that it was a failure. But, like, is it easier to be able to push away that, like, okay, like, Bobby whatever, yeah. and that was not a great sound, he really sucked, like, I don't want any part of him, and you kind of push it away, because using your name, you know, if you say, oh, Kyle Olson this, like, that's your name that you go by every day, yeah. and, like, it's hard for you to be like, okay, well, Kyle Olson's music sucks, belong Kyle Olson, it's like, that. no, my music sucks, like, was it a yeah. way for you to be able to, like, push that away, and realize, okay, that's not really me, like, that was just, yeah. like, a period of time where I can, like, find the stage definitely i think if any like future musicians listen to this podcast 
I think it's nice to have a stage name because then you can disassociate from whatever your music is. Because if you really want to like, if you're really invested in doing any sort of like a creative hobby, it's nice to not just like become that. It's nice to be a separate person than your music or mm-hmm. your movies or your art or whatever it might right. be. So, yeah, it's nice. And then, yeah, if there's there comes a time where like, yeah, this project's over, it's not like your name. It's just the project, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is nice. That's fair. Um, as you were, you've settled on Frank Flowers at this point. Yeah. You know, you're starting to make music. Where, is, where did that motivation to actually put it out? Like to, for people to hear it and see it. Now you're performing, you know, you performed at the university, you performed at Yellow House a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, you've on, you know, different places on the university, like in, on campus and over yeah. by that amphitheater and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that final, not necessarily final, but like, what was that moment where you jumped right in and said, I'm going to do this and there's no turning back. Like you've put it out there Yeah. at that point. So what was that point like and how did you get to that point? Yeah. Um, I think really the point was once I had felt like I had learned enough Really, the holdup was the mixing and the mastering, which is, like, all technical and kind of dumb. But, like, if you write and produce really good music, it doesn't matter unless you can mix and master it because mm-hmm. everybody's used to listening to songs that are the same volume as all the other songs or songs that... Right. It's, it's, there's a lot that goes into it, but people don't really notice because it's all, like, <laughs> it's all kind of silly stuff. But I think once I got to that point of being able to mix and master my own stuff. Like once I had created a song that I was like, okay, this actually sounds like somewhat professional. That's when I was like, okay, yeah, it's time to like share stuff. And whether or not people like it, it's like, it's still fun to have it out there and to be able to have people listen to it. And to, when I do perform people like, Oh, I actually know the song if they've heard it, you know? Right. Um, on that mixing, and mastering side of things how long did it take for you to master it or get good at it to yeah so i'm definitely still in that process (laughs) (laughs) so i listened to like groovy which is the song that i've released that's most popular yeah and that's the first one that i did that i was like okay this one's actually like pretty good overthink came out before that which I think I got kind of lucky on that song because it sounds really good with the mixing yeah. and mastering, in my opinion, but I didn't really know what I was doing all the way. Mm-hmm. Groovy was the first one that I kind of knew what I was doing, but I listened to it now, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> there's a lot of things I would change about that. <laughs> but, like, it's there, so I can't I can't really do anything about it now. Yeah. But I think probably, like, a solid two years of YouTube videos and podcasts about mixing and mastering to like feel like I could make something that was decent. How much time were you setting aside a day to do to to be working on that kind of stuff? Whether you're watching your videos, listening to the podcast, actually, you know, playing a thirty second clip and messing with that, how much time were you spending a day doing it? Yeah, all combined. It depends on the time period because like the times that I was just working, I could like listen to podcasts and stuff while I was working. Right. So and then I would go home and not have really anything to do. So during those time periods, probably like two, three hours a day. Um, During school, probably more like one to two hours a day. Um, 
for me, it's like consistency of even if it's not very long every day to just do like watch a 20 minute video on YouTube mm -hmm. and then write down some notes on how I can impl implement it in a song or something. But I usually sit down and produce or mix and master every day. Yeah, that's something that like we were talking about before <clears throat> with, um, you know, trying to be authentic with the podcast was really it's really kind of a short way of being like, I just don't want to learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and then with Cade's coming out, I realized I actually have to put, like, I can't just throw it out there and yeah. hope it works. Like, I actually have to, like, you know, I was listening to him just, I was into the first 15 minutes. I said, okay, that sounds fine and, and whatnot. But, like, I wasn't really, like, diving into it. Um, and that's one of the new things that I've done is, like, now I'm putting time into it. Like, I'm, I'm, I have an hour a day minimum whether I'm going through and re-listening to ones that I'm about to put out and like okay how can I make this better or like taking notes I say like um uh I do that a ton yeah and I talk fast especially in like a non-formal setting hmm. when I'm sitting with friends it's just so natural for me to talk fast to get what I want to say in before yeah. someone interrupts yeah and I realize like I talk really fast it's like I'm making mental notes or I'm watching YouTube. Um, so, like, that was one of the things that I also invented, which is why I'm curious because you've, like, music, I feel like, is a lot more difficult than just, like, a podcast. Like, in podcasts, I can just make sure it all sounds kind of the same. Mm -hmm. And then I can get away with doing that and people can understand that, like, oh, it's just Ben. He's recording on a microphone from his home. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering, that's just kind of the curiosity because I imagine it's not just like a, you strum your guitar, sing a few notes and you're like, I'm done, sweet, kind yeah. of thing. Um, what, your, what is your setup like? I, you, I sent, saw pictures of you kind of doing the whole blanket setup and things yeah. like that. Um, is that a pretty normal thing for you when you do record and whatnot? Yeah. So uh, I've, I've tried different things. The... EP that just came out I recorded four of the songs on it um, in a studio with the whole band set up and that was fun it was a good experience but a lot harder to make it sound like good quality um, and that's just part of like just the gear that we had you know and the fact that we aren't the guys I'm playing with we're not used to recording in a studio like mm -hmm. that um, I'm used to recording in a bedroom and I feel very comfortable there but it's a lot different when you go to a new place and you have a bunch of stuff and you're in a crowded room and whatnot but my setup yeah I have a few microphones that I really like and yeah I live on a noisy street like it's not it's not the best setup like, if I want to mix and master everything, then I have to, like, move the speakers into a specific part of the room and completely destroy the bedroom, basically, to, to, make, <laughs> to make it, it work. To make it sound acoustically okay. And, yeah, it's like you could invest a bunch of time and money into having nicer stuff or a better setup, but. How like, long did it, it take works. for you to figure that out? what works but have you gotten to a point where you're like okay this is how it works best and you do it that way yeah yeah there's definitely upgrades that could be made right but what i have definitely works 
Um, yeah, it took since I was what like thirteen, <laughs> right, to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's nice to feel like I have some sort of a rhythm and a and a space. Uh, do you guys have a studio that you record at now? Like as a group? So since we did that one, we haven't done any recordings together since then. So, and I don't know if I want to keep doing, I just, there's a song coming out soon. Not sure exactly when. So the most recent one, I just recorded all by myself Uh in the bedroom. So it just seems a lot easier that way to me because I have more control over what it sounds like. And if it sounds bad, I can spend another hour recording it instead of at a studio you get the takes that you get uh-huh. if they sound bad. That's what happens. Yeah, they sound bad. So, right. yeah, it's nice to have more control over it and do it all myself, which is not as fun because then the like collaboration isn't there, but you kind of have to give and take when you're a broke college student right. don't have a ton of funds. Fair <laughs> enough. The guys that you record with now, they were just randos from campus, yeah. weren't they? I put a poster up in the TSC and... They were the first two that responded, and then the other guy that joined uh, like six, four or five months ago, um, I knew him previously from a different band. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, how much of the local, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Lo- local musicians, mm-hmm. how much have you interacted with them? And A lot. How, how big is that scene, really? In Logan, here? it's actually pretty big for Logan, I would say. Um, I was expecting that it'd be a lot smaller, but it's fun to have like a hobby and then there's like a community associated with that. And then you're just like instantly friends with somebody just because they're part of the community. Um, it's, it's kind of weird, but yeah, for someone that does music, they're, you're automatically best friends just because you're part of that same community. So I've interacted with not... Not it, like I know a lot of people in Logan that I haven't actually interacted with that are in that music scene, but have made friends with a decent handful. Do you do any music festival stuff or travel to smaller venues around Utah? Trying to this semester. I'm graduating in the spring, so it's kind of a odd phase right now. Um, we got a show scheduled at Rexburg, and then one up at... BYUI? Yeah. That's cool. It's called The Basement. Um, That's on the 28th of January. And then it's pretty easy to get shows in Logan. Um, Have two that are like tentatively planned in Salt Lake. Um, And then we tried to get into the Tree Fort Festival, but we were too late. That's in Boise. Oh, okay. The thing is, most of the festivals are in the summer, and we're going to be moved on by then, so... You and Jenna? No, the group. Or, yeah, no. so we're gonna we'll probably be somewhere else. I don't know what the plan is there. So gotcha. The band will be the band as it is now until May. That finally happens. <laughs> yeah, until we move apart. Yeah, so after then we won't be able to do shows. So ultimately, ultimately is the goal to run solo with this and keep doing it. Yeah. So a lot of musicians. Or like they have their thing and then they gain popularity or whatever and then find bandmates that just like support whatever their music project is. So that's kind of the idea. Gotcha. 
I don't know where we'll go if it has any music scene at all. <laughs> but yeah, I would also be interested in doing other projects too. But is this something that is this always something that you thought you were going to do? Yeah. Uh, is it something that you were you want to pursue professionally and keep doing? Yeah, all? like, do I have the dream to be like a famous rock star? Not, not really. <laughs> like, it would be fun to be able to play music and like make a decent amount of money off of it. Right. But I think what I would enjoy more is like producing music for people. Okay. So like someone, cause like. I enjoy singing, but I'm, like, by no means a very talented singer. Like, I, I don't put very much time into it. Uh-huh. And, like, I'm decent on the guitar, but at the same time, there's, like, extremely good quality guitarists out there that can do a lot more than I can. So, where I feel like my specialty is, is the production and the composition or the writing, all, all of those things, like... Uh-huh. If I could do that professionally, yeah, I would. That I, was, would, I would do that in a heartbeat. Is that your the goal for you? Is to kind of I'm majoring in psychology and like can work a good day job with that, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna do music stuff on the side and, right. and hope that that can support Kick so I kind of thing. so I don't have to do the other stuff anymore. So when it comes to this, you know, putting yourself in a situation where you know thousands and thousands of people or either listening to your music on iTunes or Spotify, or you've got hundreds of people crammed into a room and you're performing in front of them. What are some of those things that, how do you overcome like that, that human nature feeling of like, you're in front of this whole crowd of a bunch of people or you've got your music out there. Uh, So like that Mm -hmm. fear and that doubt, what's something that you, that helps you get through that stuff? Yeah, uh, with releasing music, it's just kind of like a, you just have to be okay if like everybody hates it. You just have to be like mentally okay with that Uh for me, I think. When it comes to playing in front of people, there wasn't really anything that helped except just doing it more. Because when I first started, I was super nervous. And now when I do it, I don't feel as nervous. Like I don't notice it as much, but like Mm. I still get like (laughs) cramps in my gut. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. But yeah. How many shows have you done up to this point? Mm. I'm not sure. Probably with the band, probably around like six to 10, somewhere around there. Oh, okay. Maybe more like six. I played quite a few times just solo before the band got together, though. I know you did. You know, you did the... I don't remember where... The building up on campus. Mm-hmm. The one that I couldn't make. And then the amphitheater up on campus. You've done the Yellow House a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done the factory? Is that what it's called? The pizza We tried the factory. We got all set up and it was double booked. Oh. So we got there and somebody was plan so oh so we've never done there you know um how what's been like to have because jenna's involved Mm -hmm. pretty involved with it yeah so what has it meant and jenna is kyle's wife we'll talk about how you met her and things like that but what has it meant like to have jenna in your corner through all this super super nice (laughs) (laughs) yeah Whenever I feel like, oh, the song sucks, like, I don't want to do music anymore, 
she's like, just wait five minutes and you'll be fine. <laughs> so she supports me a ton through all of it. And yeah, she's definitely like the undercover manager. I don't like, there's not really anything to manage, but she does a lot of stuff that goes unseen. Does, uh, is she pretty hands on with when you guys, when you guys are like playing in concerts or doing live performances and stuff like that? Is she yeah. pretty hands on? So the biggest thing is she really likes photography. So she's the video and photo of the gotcha. live shows. She also sets everything up pretty much like the, the merch or the stickers or the whatever, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Especially if we're doing like a show in a backyard or like a garage where there's not any, right, <laughs> not any help or support on that uh -huh. kind of stuff. So yeah, she helps a ton with that kind of stuff. With this music thing, I find it, again, I, I've listened to your stuff. I've been to a couple of your, I've been to a live show. I might've gone to two. I might've been to a I think he's been once. to a couple. Um, I just find it very, I find it cool because like I said, there's not many people <clears throat> that I know that do that. And like for my kids, your kids, whoever is out there listening, to be able to look at that and be like, that's something that you've been dreaming of since you were 13 and yeah. like you've wanted to do. And to finally just not really care what people say and just do it. Yeah. And like, I think it's working out for you. I mean, you're, you're not, I mean, you're not playing at the Grammys, but yeah. you're getting lessons. Yeah. And like, you're getting a lot of support and like, that's. Really, that's really the most important thing. Yeah. And to have people there to support your dreams and to support, like, you can do this and you're actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And it gives you that extra boost of continuing forward. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, uh, for me, a podcast, like, it's, I just put it out there and whoever listens, whoever li is, whoever listens, listens. Mm -hmm. And it's not, for me, it's not very vulnerable for me. I like to talk anyways. And mm -hmm. it's pretty natural for me and it's not necessarily a talent that I have um, but music and movies and these different types of things that people are like you know the pipe dreams mm -hmm. type deal to be able to do it I think it's important for people out there to you know especially kids who are young yeah. to understand that like you don't have to just just because society is saying like get a 9 to 5 make enough money to support your family and like and that's your life until you die um, I think it's, I think some people are on the point of like, I want to, you know, be a billionaire and they're not willing to work. And yeah. there are people who are like, I don't have time for dreams. And I think you're a good example of like, like you said, like you're, you've got, you're going to get a degree in psychology. You can work a good nine to five, but you're also going to be able to produce music and be able yeah. to do your, what you love. Mm -hmm. And you're going to keep pursuing that to potentially turn it into something where you can make money off of it mm -hmm. or eventually make it your full-time gig. Yeah. And, and even, even if it doesn't, like I still have fun doing it on the side while yeah. I still work a nine to five, you know? Yeah. And, and even, even with that, I'm still okay with that. And I, I think there's just a lot of like, it's either this, this or that mm -hmm. you either have a nine to five and you just support your family and then you can, and like, that's it. Yeah. Or you put aside all of that to try to make it to be famous and, you know, have the world recognize you. Yeah. And, I mean, one side where you want to be famous and the world recognize you is so unlikely. And it could be fulfilling, but, like, the the actual path to get there, it's so difficult and it's so slim that not many people do it. Yeah. And then you have the other side of, like, 
everyone can do the nine to five, mm-hmm. but like, are you being fulfilled in the way that you always thought? And <clears throat> that's something that I want to like with my kids mm-hmm. is being able to help them realize that a lot of the things, if you're willing to put the effort and you really put the work and you're willing to learn and you're willing to devote time to a hobby, yeah. like make that hobbies, you know, make that hobby something that you can incorporate in your life. So that way there's still fulfillment in whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, growing up, I wanted to play sports and I wanted to be a professional athlete, like, you know, like a lot of little kids. Same. <laughs> um, but for me, it's not necessarily being a professional athlete, but it's always wanting to do sports. Yeah. <clears throat> and like, I want to get into coaching or, yeah. um, or, you know, I still play pickup from time to time work. I, I just want to be able to play sports. I don't necessarily have to be professional in it, but like, I, that's a hobby that I want to maintain. Yeah. And if I want to, and if I want to, like, I'm a very analytical person, so I can't get into coaching. And if I, you know, once I'm kind of situated, I can put myself out there to learn under somebody and figure things out. Like that's ultimately I'd like to do that on the side. Yeah. Cause it's just something that I want to be around sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't necessarily have to be a professional athlete, but again, if I wasn't, you know, if I wanted to really, I could have, dev- I could have devoted all of my time to go play professional soccer, whether it's MLS or if it's some Argentina league yeah. where you can, you know, you're getting paid this much money, but like I could have done those things. Um, but I realized, like, okay, like, professional sports isn't really what I wanted. I just wanted to be around sports yeah. and the analytics of sports. Like, that was the stuff that always fascinated me. Mm-hmm. And I try to stay around that, um, in that realm as much as possible. But I don't apply it very much because it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, it's one of the things for me personally is like, okay, if I coach and I never win a game. Like, that's going to ruin it for me, and I don't even want to take that chance. But, like, at the end of the day, like, it's something that I've always wanted to do. But, like, I've never actually made that leap. Um, And for people to actually make that leap and commit and do something that they always said, I want to do this, and I'm finally just going to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's important for people to know that there are people out there that do that. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't, but they made that leap, and they got through the fear, and they got through the hard times, and they... And they got it situated and they got it figured out. Yeah. Um, and like, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And I think you're a good example of just taking that leap, practicing mm-hmm. your, you, since you were 13, being, having that interest. And then, you know, really it's been the last, it's really taken off the last three or four years mm-hmm. where you're kind of like, all right, I'm just going in and you're just kind of head, head first into the deep end. Um, and I think it's good for people to, especially young people, to see that and hear that and realize that, like, it can be scary. Yeah. But it's possible. Yeah. Um, so that's I that's one of the things I appreciate about you more than anything is, like, being that example of just diving into that deep end and seeing what where, where it takes you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, after, you know, not just your, you know, your where you're at in music. Um, but I want to talk about a lot of the people that I've talked to already are married or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you've recently, you've been married for over a year, year and a half almost. And, a half. and <clears throat> um, one of the things that I've realized is that every, every marriage is different. Like my parents is different than my aunt and uncles, which yeah. is different than my sister and her husband, yeah. whatever it is. Um, so 
you met Jenna through school. Yep. Um, it was kind of a perfect fit because I've always seen you as a Cali boy. Yeah. And so it just kind of, it just magically appeared that a Cali yeah. girl popped up into your life and it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so through you guys' marriage, uh, you know, it's not been a terribly long time, mm-hmm. but through, um, you know, that year and a half that you guys have had, um, what's that been like for you as far as changing your life from when I first met you at ARS to where you're at now? Yeah. Um, a lot of things. <laughs> I think the biggest thing with being married is like, it really helps you be less selfish. So I don't know. You just always have your spouse on your mind of like, okay, any, anything I could potentially do or say or think has an effect on this other person too now. Mm -hmm. So it helps you be more, um, intentional, I guess, about like everything you do and, I don't know, in general, just helps, it's helped me just become, like, a better person in, like, any different category, I feel like, um, because having a spouse is really nice, because it's, like, they're there to support you and, and whatnot, so I think the biggest thing is just, like, the things that, about my personality or my nature or whatnot, that weren't as good for me or for my future self like having her around has helped me get rid of those things and then also create habits or develop characteristics that are helpful um what are some of those hardest things that you've had to after being married like what are some of those the hardest things you've had to do to adapt from being single and or single than dating to being married yeah um i it's funny to talk to other people. Like you said, everybody's marriage is like so different. So I don't know what is unique about ours, but a lot of people talk about like when you first get married, it's so hard to adjust and whatnot. But Jenna and I are like very, very similar in personality. If you're familiar with Myers-Briggs personality types, we're both ENFPs. So like, okay. So it's like, we're both extroverts. Uh We're both intuitive um, we're both more feeling than we are thinking. And then like, uh, I can't remember what the P stands for. Anyway, it's just like ENFPs are very connected to other ENFPs. So that type of, okay. of personality. Um, and those personalities aren't super cut and dry, but, um, it's kind of like when we met each other, it was like, we were just friends without really needing to try, you know what I mean? So when Jenna and I met, it was like, okay, yeah, like we get each other. And then spending more time with each other, it was like, okay, yeah, we can, like there's sometimes I feel like we can read each other's minds. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is, is like it really wasn't, there wasn't anything that was super hard. Oh, okay. It wasn't, there wasn't anything that was like, once we finally were married and living in the same house, it was like, wow. It doesn't really feel that different except we're living in the same house now, which is right. really nice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the the actual, like, literal change of being just dating and then married really wasn't that big of an adjustment or, like, there wasn't really any challenges there. Fair enough. 
Yeah, that's one of the things that <clears throat> I hear that from time to time. Like I hear there are times of like um, people who just like I didn't realize how messy they'd be. Yeah, like you're like sitting around. It's like we we Jen and I had spent enough time together to like know all those things about each other. Gotcha. Because so, we dated for like almost two years, I think. Oh, which I yeah. know that's not common in Utah, but no. we we dated for a little while, so we knew each other pretty well, fairly well. Gotcha. Um, so what's what's kind of do you guys have any idea what's kind of down the pipeline for you guys yeah. as far as I are you staying in Logan? Or are you planning to move out of here and move on or do you have any idea yet planning to move okay so jenna doesn't she's not fond of cold weather i'll say that california baby yeah she likes the warmth and to be honest ever since i lived in north carolina i'm a total wimp for the cold too so (laughs) i don't mind the warm weather so yeah she's from california so she definitely would like to go back some somewhere so that's what we've been... Somewhere in California. Yeah, we've been applying to a lot of jobs in California. Is she almost done? Yeah, she graduates in the spring too. So you're both done? Yeah, we're both okay. done. And then not sure what we're going to do yet. But probably... We're hopefully going to get a job, move somewhere warm. <laughs> that's basically all we got. <laughs> Fair enough. We don't really know. So sometime in the summer... Gotcha. We'll move out of Logan and go wherever we go. Fair enough. Um, well, man, I, it's been awesome to be able to sit down with you because yeah. I haven't done it in a while and to kind of hear your story of, especially the music world, that's a big thing for me. Yeah. I just had no idea. I just had no idea that was, um, that's, a, that's who you were. Like that mm-hmm. was a big part of your life. I had yeah. no idea. And when you first dropped, it was overthink. Yeah. I'm just like, what the hell? That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. And so, um. I was just intrigued by it from really from the get go, and that was one of the things that <clears throat> I told uh, Bennett and Isaac and Ethan, and I think that group of guys in that time frame from really it was probably you, Sholson, Carlos, mm-hmm. Ethan, Nick, Bennett, Isaac, Damian, yeah. like that group of guys for me. Um, you know, there's nothing against the people I used to I worked with before, and there's nothing with people I, nothing about the people I work with now, but like that time period. Like that played a big part. That played a big part in my life, um, mm-hmm. as far as like those, those are like my lifelong friends. Like I feel like you guys are my lifelong friends. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, Isaac sold Isaac sold me beef from Paradise from his ranch yeah. or farm, whatever, whatever, whatever one it yeah. is. And I can buy. I don't eat. I bought a you know a quarter cow. Yeah. And I'm just like I'm not gonna eat all this. Yeah. But like. It's Isaac, and I was gonna like. I know Isaac works his tail off out there, and like that's something I want to support. Like, yeah, somebody definitely. that I'm close with, like, it's somebody I want to support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bennett's got this idea of starting his own business, and like, if I can help him out in any way, and that's one of the things when you start putting on music, and I'm like, this is somebody that I want to support, mm-hmm. and it just happens to be good. Thank the Lord, it's good <laughs> because I wouldn't ha- I wouldn't have the heart to say, dude, this sucks, but I'd still listen to it to support you. But thank goodness it's good because it. But like, which makes it a lot easier to support. But that's always something that, like, every time you drop a new album or a new song, whatever it is, like, mm-hmm. it's being added to a playlist, or I'm listening to it, or it's mm-hmm. like so, most of your songs are in playlists that I have. That I, that if I'm playing music, it'll pop up in playlists. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and really, you opened like a whole new world of music for me. And now I listen to more indie more than anything. Yeah. Like I, before I listened to a lot of like Twenty One Pilots and Madden Dragons, mm -hmm. and like now I'm listening to like the Rex. And yeah. and I'm like, well, this is like this is not the genre I listened to a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, but it's opened up like new music to me. So. Um, at the end of every one of these little episodes, um, I just, whoever I'm talking with, mm -hmm. um, I want, I just going to ask them to leave a piece of life advice for whoever's listening, whether it's your kids or your future kids, my future kids, or people out there now struggling, um, how to be or live a successful life, mm -hmm. whatever that may mean. Yeah. Um, so take it away whenever you're ready. So... I, I like to ask people this question, so I've also I've thought about this question a lot. What I would say, um, I th and what usually comes to mind is like the idea of whatever it is, it is what you make it. So whatever you're doing in life or whatever your situation is, you have a lot of control over... A lot more than you think um, and even if you don't have a lot of control over many of the things in your environment or your situation you still have control over like how you react and what you do about it mm -hmm. so it is what you make it has kind of been like a life motto for me of like okay yeah school isn't really fun right now it really sucks I would like to drop out but like I'm here I'm paying for this right like I'm gonna try to make the most of it and having that attitude or trying to maintain that attitude is, is helped me make more out of whatever my situation is. So that'd be my advice. That's awesome. what you make it. I like that. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it again. Yeah. Um, hopefully I can get with you before you leave one more time, but yeah, if not, for sure. when you're, is this your first time doing a podcast or anything like this? I've done a couple for the like Aggie radio for music and stuff, but uh, okay. not one that's just, and just not chill. Yeah, just chill. Just it's all been just about the music. I like it. Well, when uh, when you get rich and famous, okay, I'm gonna I'll just <laughs> sell this to the highest bidder. So they know they know Kyle Olson, pre rich and famous. Yeah. <laughs> all right, my dude. Again, I appreciate it. Yeah. And, thank uh, you. Hopefully, we can do this again soon. For sure. Sweet.